think we could all agree that a lot of times we're our own worst critics, we're our own worst enemies. Nobody's actually out to get us a lot of times. Um, I think there are more people cheering us on than there aren't. But if we don't acknowledge that and we don't tell ourselves to just stop, then I think we can just get taken out from it. This is To The Nines Podcast. I am your host, Tiffany Wicks, a mom of seven who doesn't subscribe to the idea that you have to choose between your family and a career. I am on a mission to show the stay-at-home mom who has lost herself in childcare and cocomelon and the overworked corporate holdout who isn't finding joy and purpose in their career that they can work for themselves, making an impact and an income that serves your dream life. After leaving my nursing career to raise our family, I needed more mental stimulation, but didn't want to give up the privilege of raising our legacy. I've been in network marketing now for five years. I know the strategy and mindset it takes to be successful and to live a life aligned with your values and your purpose. Join me as I share my business tips, marketing mistakes, attitude shifts you need to space out some time for you, or ditch your nine to five completely and start working for yourself. You have the power to change your life. Let's get started. This is just the beginning. Okay, hey everybody, welcome back to the podcast this week. I have a guest and I'm super excited to finally have somebody sitting actually in front of me. Typically it's through Zoom or it's just me staring at a screen and notes in front of me. So this week I have a world-class entrepreneur, homeschool mom, extraordinaire, the beautiful and talented Miss Ashley Ilg. So I am not going to take up a whole lot of room today in talking. I would like for you to introduce yourself, tell us a little bit about you, and we're going to start the journey through your life of entrepreneurship, dropping out of a corporate career, and how you ended up homeschooling kids and running multiple businesses and being married for a bajillion years, although you only look 15. So tell us all the things, Ashley. Oh my goodness, you're too kind. So it is an honor to be here. I so appreciate it. And I love sitting across the table from you, um, just like I love sitting across the table from all friends. I just feel like in person is always the way to do it if we can. But honestly, before I get started, I just really want to say how much I appreciate being here because um, when you and I spoke a couple weeks ago when we were kind of talking through this, you made a really cool point that I think your listeners would really benefit from knowing if they don't know this already, but you and I are not in business together. We do not benefit financially from each other, um, cheering each other on. And I think in the world of women entrepreneurs, mom entrepreneurs, I think it's huge for people. If this, if this podcast can in any way help grow a community of women cheering each other on in business especially I think we're I think we're doing something right and I think it's really awesome that um, me being here like I love that you're excited that I'm here because I'm so excited that I'm here and if I can provide anything to help your listeners um, I think I'm probably gonna be the one that learns the most today and so I'm really excited about what's gonna be said because I really as you know, I love a good list and I love a notebook and I have no idea what you're going to ask me today. And so it's putting me in a place where I'm going to either fall on my face or I'm going to uh, just trust what comes out is going to benefit maybe one person. And so, but I just really appreciate the community that you're fostering with this podcast to just instill the idea that just because we cheer somebody else on to win doesn't mean that we can't also win, even if we're not always in the same lane. And I just think that's awesome. And I think that's huge. And I didn't want to miss the chance to say, thank you for doing a really good job at doing that. So. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. 
All right, so I'm always interested in how people grew up and if their level of personal success and um, financial success, business success, if all of that has any relationship to how they started. What was your upbringing like? Yeah, I love that. And I think, you know, as we all kind of look back at our childhood, it's all very rich in data if we choose to kind of go back and really dig into it. And so I could talk about a lot of things. I would say probably a couple points that really could be relevant to those listening um, and probably more instrumental in where I went as an adult would be, you know, I was raised as, uh, raised by a single mom. Um, I'm one of four. I'm second oldest. And um, my mom was a school teacher my entire life. And so that meant a really tight budget with four kids. And um, I threw myself into athletics really early on. Um, I think I had a little bit of a natural ability with athletics and high achiever academically. And, you know, I can look back at all of that and say, well, I love the team camaraderie. I love the competitiveness, which is all true. Um, But I think there was also definitely a, a level of wanting to achieve and wanting to perform to not only just prove to other people that I was capable, but I think the bigger person was to myself. And I think um, I can look back now at choices I've made as an adult and see where that has stemmed back to as a childhood, whether it was on the soccer field, the lacrosse field, the cross country track, the uh, English class, wherever it was, I was always trying to perform and I was always trying to be the best. And I don't know as a kid, if I ever really thought that I would ever achieve whatever that pinnacle was that I was chasing, I think it was always just out of reach. And so, you know, that translated into going to college. Um, I went to a small aeronautical university in Daytona Beach, Embry-Riddle, and I specifically went there. I had no interest in aviation at all. Um, I went there because none of my friends were going there. It was literally the criteria. All of my friends were going to all of the uh, state universities in Florida, and well, most of them anyway, but nobody was going to Embry-Riddle. And I said, you know what? I want a clean break. I want to pave my own path. I want to do something different. And I want to, again, just prove people wrong, prove to myself that I could do something even if nobody else did it. And uh, God had his hand on me at that point, and I had no idea. Um, but again, hindsight's twenty twenty, and that is where uh, my husband and I met. Um, he was going there for engineering. I was going there for public relations and communications, which seems odd at an aeronautical university, but uh, I was studying to be uh, an aircraft investigator. Um, I ended up being an, an, a magazine editor for an aviation magazine for a short stint, well, seven years. Um, it seems like a lifetime ago now. Um, but again, I was just setting out to do what seemed different, do what seemed maybe more difficult. And so that's where, like I said, that's where my husband and I met. We graduated from there, got married. He got hired up in Atlanta and I was um, already working and I was able to take my job with me to Atlanta. And so in 2004, we found ourselves in Atlanta with no family, no friends, completely homesick, um, trying to be adults. Uh, with a six-figure student loan debt. Uh, He was going one way in the mornings for his engineering job, which I had no idea what he was doing. And as much as I loved him, I did not love engineering. Um, And I just didn't know it. I shouldn't say I didn't love it. I was completely neutral to engineering. But, um, and then I would, I actually worked from home. And so I didn't really leave the house, but I definitely was going in a different direction than him. I actually traveled a lot for my job. 
I think they saw me as the, uh, the young 20s who doesn't have a lot to keep her at home. And so they just sent me on all of the trips, all of the, um, all of the vendor relational, go present this, go here, go build these relationships here. And so at least once a week out of every month, I was on the road or in an airplane um, traveling, which uh, as a young 20 year old, I didn't mind it, but it got really old really quick. All right, so I am going to interject and have, because I have a really valid question here, um, and it really relates back to the last episode on who's in your cheering section. So if you guys haven't listened to that, go back and listen. So good. You mentioned that you wanted to prove people wrong. Who were the negative voices living rent-free in your head at that point that you felt you had something to prove to? Gosh, that's a really good question. You know, I think... I think on the surface, everybody was my cheerleader. Like I had a lot, like my mom has always been my greatest cheerleader. Um, She's always cheered me on. She's always told me I can do anything I want. Um, But at the same time, I was in a home where resources were very limited. Um, She did not do anything that she wanted to do. And so looking back as a parent now, you know, you can tell your kids anything you want to tell them, but they're watching you more than they're listening to you. And so while she told me that I could do anything, she was not pursuing things outside of, you know, safety and security. And um, if we needed extra income, she worked summer school, but that was it, you know? And so I have no idea how she raised us on a teacher income. And so I have all of the love and respect, but something that we were not taught to do was to dream and to think outside the box and to take risks because God's got us. God was more of a, a safety net for us. And so I saw her pray a lot. Um, and so I saw God come through for us, but I never saw God take us somewhere different. And so I just saw myself possibly just following that same path and just getting stuck and feeling like a victim of my own circumstances. And so I think to answer your question, I think the voices that were taking up real estate in my head would be my own. Um, honestly, because, and my best friend would probably agree with that because a lot of times I even call her today and I'll say, get me out of my own head and she'll talk me out of it. And so I think we could all agree that a lot of times we're our own worst critics, we're our own worst enemies. Nobody's actually out to get us a lot of times. Um, I think there are more people cheering us on than there aren't. But if we don't acknowledge that and we don't tell ourselves to just stop, then I think we can just get taken out from it. And so I think I really was just being chased by my own, by my own self, you know? Okay. So this is so relevant because I've often said that we are our own judge. We're our own jury and we're also our own warden. So take that please. And know that most of your limitations, they are not financial. They're not because of the economy right now. They're not because your mom, they're not because of your dad. They are what's going on inside your own head and the thoughts that you think and the stories you create are how you end up living your life. 100%. All right. So we're going to fast forward because I heard and got almost choked up on my water over here when you said six-figure debt <laughs> with student loans. Yes. Okay. Everybody, if, if you are a person who has incredible student loan debt, raise your hand. I'm not raising my hand because I actually don't. I um, paid my way through college. However... I know there's a lot of people right now struggling. I mean, let's be real. I worked multiple jobs to do that. We're not, we're not here about me, but there's a lot of people struggling with student loan debt right now. And with the debt elimination got cut off, which is a whole other political conversation. Um, I'm, 
I'm here for it because that was your loan, baby. Yeah, that was your I loan. was going to say I'm not here to talk about this, but yeah. I also went to school with full awareness that yes. my signature meant that I was responsible yes. for my loans, and I fully uh, agreed yep. with that. And so did Absolutely, husband, so, that's yeah. your that's your loan, baby. Let's get that paid <laughs> off. So, nonetheless, I want to hear what the six figure debt was all about and what the heck you did with it. Yeah. So I would probably say, well, you know, funny thing. So, you know, you get married and you're like, oh my gosh, we're probably going to work jobs and we're going to, you know, double our income. It's going to be amazing, you know, because you graduate college and you're finally earning an income versus just paying for my paying for everything. And so I didn't even really care what my salary was when I first got hired. Um, and my husband was the same way, but we realized really quick that, uh, no, we're not combining our income. We're combining our debt. And so he came to Embry-Riddle out of state um, as a single white male, which means no scholarship money. Um, I actually did get some scholarship money for uh, cross country, a lot of just being a female at a very male dominated school. Um, but combined, we had well over $100,000 of student loan debt by the time we graduated. And so uh, we believe that when you get married, you're one. And so his debt became my debt. And we realized real quick that if we followed the debt payment plan, we would maybe pay off our student loan debt by the time our children were ready to go to college. And that was just not okay with us. Not okay at all. That is not a way to live in debt to anybody. And that didn't include like credit card debt and home debt and anything else, uh, which also we had a lot of learning to do in that realm. But um, the student loan debt was huge. And I always say too, you know, whether it's a a huge shift in your life or a, a business, all of our business uh, ventures in our life have all come out of a need. And that student loan debt, as awful as it looked on paper, um, was actually the silver lining for us knowing that we needed to do something else to get it paid off. And that's what opened up our eyes to realize there's a better way, there's something else we can do outside of our corporate jobs um, to help pay off this student loan debt faster than the 20-year plan. Okay, fantastic. So Uber wasn't a thing nope. then. Neither was DoorDash. Nope. Um, I don't know if VAs were a thing at that point either. So what was the next, you know, probably crazy, but maybe logical step to bring in additional income? So tell me how long ago this was. Let's give a time frame. So this was in 2004. Okay. Okay. So that's like, like 20 almost years 20 ago. years yeah. ago. So what, did, what was your vehicle 20 years ago to create some extra income? I mean, well, first off, how much... Would you say you and your husband were earning as a couple Mm -hmm. that first year you were married? Um, We were probably, I mean, it was under $100,000. So about sixty to seventy thousand dollars a year with our in, with our salaries, yeah. Yeah, that doesn't leave a lot for any type of debt repayment. No, let's also <laughs> add in the fact that all of our professors told us we would start out making a lot more than we actually were. Liars. So yeah, liars. All liars. We all right. Known. Well, what did you do? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, well. I would love to take credit for being entrepreneurial and adventurous and open-minded, but I have to give all the credit to my husband. So he was raised by a long line of business owners, entrepreneurs, grandparents, great-grandparents. I, again, was raised by a single mom who believed in security. And so I was not in the mindset of, hey, let's go risk a lot of stuff and see if we can make more money. That was literally not my mindset. So, But his was. And so he was... I had actually no idea he was doing this, but we would both work nine to five and then he would come home and whatever I was doing, I'm not sure, but he was planning out businesses. He was sketching out business plans, uh, figuring out what he could spend, what he could, um, what would turn the greatest profit, 
And this was about two to three months into our marriage. And so we were newlyweds. We were realizing really quick that we were going in opposite directions, physically and mentally with our jobs. And it was not, we were having more month than money, right? That's the saying. Well, we live that. We had 30, 31 days in the month, but we were running out probably around day 20, day 21. And so we were like, this isn't working. We have a ton of um, loan that we're carrying, uh, debt that we're carrying. And uh, if we don't out earn the problem, it's, it's only going to multiply, especially if we want to have a family. And so it was literally, you know, it's a cliche, but it's so true for us that we were just in the right place at the right time. And he was out getting the oil changed in our car. We still drove a yellow Mustang. It was awful. Um, we still joke about it because he was so pumped about this yellow Mustang, y'all. And I was like, oh, it's so bright. <laughs> but uh, we moved to South Georgia, which if you know South Georgia, nobody's driving a yellow Mustang. And he was getting his oil changed at a Jiffy Lube. And a gentleman who also did not live in South Georgia he just happened to be at this Jiffy Lube, I think, doing something for his job. But anyway, he um, started talking with Andy, what's up with your car? You've got a New Jersey plate on the front. You've got a Florida plate on the back. What are you doing here? You know, like, which one of us does not belong here? That'd be you. <laughs> and so they just struck up a conversation, got to know each other. Well, that guy, long story short, passed along. And they, they exchanged numbers. So Andy, my husband, is very tall. Um, and so this guy is also tall. And he was like, hey, do you ever play basketball? Well, we were also, like I mentioned, very homesick. And Andy was like, Andy does not play basketball. He doesn't really play any sports. And if he was listening to this, he would totally agree. But he was like, oh, yeah, love playing basketball. Like, here's my number. Let's get in touch. Like, friends, please, let's friends. be friends. And so this gentleman passed along Andy's number to his business mentor. That guy called Andy maybe a week or two later and said, hey, we're expanding some business projects down in your area. Are you open to other op uh, income opportunities like outside of your engineering job? Well, like I said, Andy had been staying up late, like pricing out businesses, ske sketching stuff out, and nothing was really making sense because he was like, uh, if I started a landscaping company, there's no way I'm doing that at dark. Ash is not helping me with this. This isn't going to make sense. And so... Anyway, when that, when that guy called, Andy was like, um, yes, absolutely, let's talk. And so the two of them got together. Um, Andy saw um, a great network marketing business opportunity. It made a lot of sense for us. We had no experience, no expertise, not a lot of income to invest in anything. Like I said, we were looking to create income, not to just risk a lot of income. And so he came home and he was like, Ash, I found what we're going to do. And Again, I would love to say that I was the one that was like, awesome, let's be entrepreneurs. Let's go on an adventure. No, I was arms crossed, you know, foot stomping, no way. Um, because honestly, all in my opinion, in my, from my very limited perspective, to me, it was going to be something else that was going to take us in two different directions because it felt foreign to me. I did not know business. It was not comfortable to me. And so I kind of huffed and puffed for a couple of days. And then finally I said, fine, I'll go and learn more about it like you. And, you know, honestly, God really got a hold of me at that point before I said all that, because I don't think I would have said all that in my own mindset. Um, but he kind of reminded me, hey, three months ago, you just vowed in front of all of your friends and family and me that you would support anything that your husband wanted to do. Because I wrote my own vows and I literally said that. And I was very convicted. And I said, mm. okay, 
I don't know what this business is about. I don't know what these people are about, but I, but I know what you're all about and I trust you. And so I'll at least go to a meeting. I'll at least support you if you want to do something. And so we did. And honestly, from that point on, when I really understood, like, we've got nothing to lose. We just have everything to gain. Um, also friends that seem to have, um, our backs like really quickly. Um, and so we, we kind of jumped right in and we started growing a network marketing business. You know, we've talked about this. It's not, it's not the same one you're doing. Um, we're, um, it's the Amway business model and leadership team development is our educational arm, um, which is like just a full package of mentorship and education and just really took us on a huge personal growth story um, or journey because, you know, your business will never outgrow your self-image. And so if you don't believe that you're worth achieving and worth earning then you really you never will and so our mentors just always taught us like if you keep growing you as complex and as lifelong that that journey will be your business will eventually grow to meet your expectations okay pause because that messaging has quite literally not changed at yeah, all right in 20 years right and i was similarly the person who had my arms folded across my chest for years i watched women start network marketing businesses and i had a whole opinion about it about them about the industry because i had seen people do it wrong but do you not go into a car dealership because people had done car dealerships wrong at right. some point of course not you are still going to buy a car yeah. have you ever ran into a grocery worker who is a complete butthead and you did you not ever go into the store i mean it was ridiculous right but i took the cake for being a self-proclaimed hater of this industry mm -hmm. until again the need created the desire and i said I did the exact same thing. I was looking at business plans. I was look like, I don't have any money to invest, like the overhead in a business. And by the way, that's what Adam and I are looking at right now is business acquisition. Um, and there's some cost overhead to it. We're looking at a boring business, quote unquote, um, that will cash flow really well. But nonetheless, there is still quite a bit of capital that's gonna have to be put up. So when I started the journey, I sounded exactly like you yeah. the need was there and my desire was so strong to earn extra income and at the time i wasn't just a married woman with no children in tow i had a bunch of kids in tow i mean this was five years ago so yeah. i mean i was about to get pregnant with ayla at that point i had four five five kids at the point um, where i started my business so the investment is low is what you told me mm -hmm. still applies with pretty much every mar network marketing business out there yeah. you have a boatload of friends which consequently are also technically your competitors mm -hmm. because you all are selling marketing creating a business but a with your own urls yeah. so you're technically competitors but nobody behaves there's always onesie twosies out there y'all but for the most part nobody behaves as if you're a competitor mm -hmm. everyone is cheerleading for you um that is super amazing and your trusting of your mentorship mm -hmm. started with trusting your own spouse yeah and like letting them have your back so tell me hypothetically speaking what if you didn't have his back do you think he would have done it anyway I think he would have, and we've, we've talked about this because I've said to him many times, like, I am so thankful that you did not listen to me and you knew the right step to take our family through because it, it really was the turning point to creating wealth for our family. We, we just, we had no, we had no idea or no way to start it otherwise. And he, res he definitely respects my opinion, um, but he was going to do it anyway. And I think he just knew deep down that I would eventually get on board. 
That is one of the yeah. biggest objections I hear from women is my husband doesn't support me. And I'm mm-hmm. like, okay, and? I mean, you're yeah. not bringing home a 50-foot yacht. Yeah. You are trying to save your own life here. Well, and I, I would say, too, in that regard, because I hear it all the time as well, it, it that was 20 years ago. We've had this business for 20 years. Trust me when I say it's had ebbs and flows, and we just have agreed to never quit on the same day. And so he can say, oh, my gosh, Ash isn't supporting me. And then another season, I'll say, oh, my gosh, Andy's not supporting me. I'm carrying the ball right now. And so it's a win-win. It's a partnership. It's like any business out there. So as long as you agree that it's your business and you take ownership of it, whatever that looks like for the dynamic of your of your family, of your spouse, of your marriage, and just trust your gut, trust yourself. Any business, especially one that you're just getting started with is a faith walk. And so I think at the end of the day, no matter what we saw in, in front of us, we always could land with full assurance, full confidence that this is what God put in front of us and he hasn't changed that. And when we were praying for a solution, this is what he gave us. And so even though it didn't look like something glamorous that maybe like Tiffany, you were saying like we were haters. I actually had never heard of network marketing. I don't know if I lived under a rock or just wasn't in my sphere. I have no idea. Avon calling. Yeah, like literally <laughs> I had zero experience. <laughs> I had zero experience. I know it's mind blowing. It's mind blowing um, because there's so many out there. Um, and Amway's been around since the 50s. And so, like, Andy's parents had been involved with the business. Everybody had an opinion about it. My family basically disowned us for the first couple of years. I mean, they're, like, our number one cheerleaders again this year because I think, again, we had to prove to them, like, trust me enough that you raised me well enough to make good decisions. I'm uh, not there doing it is. something illegal. I mean, mm-hmm. I'll, can we just talk about what we're doing? We're creating a... We're creating something that matters and we're helping people and we're creating win-wins. We're creating win-wins for people just like us. Mm -hmm. And so, like I said, they're our number one fans now, but there was a time that we literally could not talk about our business in front of a lot of our family members. Um, But I promise you, if you you stay true to it, um, they'll see that and they'll see the change in you because I think that was the other thing. They just saw so much improvement in our marriage, our personal growth, all of that. We just took it very seriously. And again, maybe it goes back to my childhood of wanting to prove people wrong, but I was like, go ahead, tell me I can't do it. It only makes me want to do it more, you know? And so I think that just, I think that is a strength when you're trying to grow a business because you're not going to get everybody's approval. Like, let's just say that if everybody's agreeing with you and approving what you're doing, you're just not doing anything. So if you're, you know, what's the saying? Um, the, the people that are willing to stick their head above the crowd, they're the ones that are going to get hit with the tomatoes, you know, thinking back to like the old, you know, stage stuff. But anyway, so yeah, we, we jumped on board. We put everything we had into it. Again, we did not have children yet, but we knew we would. And so we said, you know, let's figure this out. Let's figure out how to grow a business without kids. And then knowing that we're going to have kids. So like I said, this has been 20 years. We have five kids now, 13 and under. And so we have grown the business with kids, with infants. Um, my first three were all within three years. So there was a blur of my life that we were just full throttle in every direction. Like I know you can relate with that. Uh, it still kind of is, uh, but it's, it's a little bit different cause I, I don't have, I mean, I have a toddler, but anyway, there was a lot of moving parts. Um, there still are, there's just different moving parts, I think at every season. And so 
um, timing, I think it goes back to timing a lot when um, I, I hear a lot of people saying like, well, I don't want to do this because I need to get all my ducks in a row or I need to get this done first and then I can, and I'm like, no, just jump in because it's only going to get busier. There's only going to be more on your plate. There's only going to be, for me, there's only going to be more things on your heart that you know you're called to do. And so if you don't take care of the money thing first and quickly and as quickly as you can, you can't fully pursue the things that God's really called you to, called you to do if you're worried about paying, you know, paying your bills. For sure. So, so what happened with your debt? How long did yeah. you get it paid off oh, yeah. with network marketing money? Yep. Within, yeah, the network marketing business took off. We had really fast growth. Like I said, we put everything into it. Um, it stabilized, you know, like I said, there's definitely been ebbs and flows, but that led us right into, um, having another need because we did have babies. We started having our babies quickly and, you know, the wheels were always turning. And so it, it fed right into another need of needing to pay for, um, we moved into a house that was a little bit bigger, which sounds really silly, but we, we needed more like a thousand dollars more, I think a month with something like that for like our water bill and our electric bill for this, this larger house. Yeah. So we were growing our, our network marketing business and things were, were going great. We just had great growth. Um, and we started having babies and well, we had our first son and I left, I was still working corporate at the time. And so I took my maternity leave and my husband was still working his corporate engineering job. We had moved to Peachtree city at this time. I came back from maternity leave and apparently there's a rule that they cannot fire you within like two weeks of maternity leave. There's some sort of, I don't know if it's a law or something. I don't know. But anyway, after that two week mark, my boss called me one Friday afternoon. I still remember it to this day. And I had my little guy in my arms and picked up the phone and he just said, I'm so sorry, we're restructuring, blah, 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 blah. We no longer need your, your position. Um, we're letting you go. No, I, I cried. I cried, I cried, I felt so sad. I felt like I had let people down. I felt like a failure. I felt like uh, my future was a huge mystery now. Like all of a sudden, the things that I did not realize were tied up in this job position were all surfacing. And I just felt like, I don't, like, what am I gonna do? Who am I now, you know? Um, because as a new mom, I was really struggling to be a mom. Uh, the value of being a stay-at-home mom was not was not something I was looking forward to doing. I had every intention of climbing the corporate ladder and just growing our business as we needed. And so when this happened, I just felt like I was no longer in control of my future. And it was really scary. And it, it like it's so silly to look back at it like that now. But that is exactly how I felt. And I remember calling my husband right away. And I was like, I just got fired. And, and he, y'all, to know him is to love him. He started cracking up. He was like giddy laughing. What? And I was like, there's nothing funny about the situation. <laughs> and he was like, babe, this is why we've been growing our business. This is why we've been staying up late. This is why we've been putting together our dream board of things we're going to do with our family. It's okay. Like, if you want to go find another job, you can go find another job. Or you can just put a put an extra effort and help us grow our business to the next level and just take care of the income that you were bringing in with your job. And it's everything we've always talked about. And I was like, oh my gosh, you're right. So he was like, this was our insurance policy. Yeah. We're cashing in on it now. Yeah, absolutely. Because he was That's like, amazing. he was like, we're going to have more kids. We're, 
what do you, you're not going to keep working, you know, like this has always been the plan. And I'm like, you're right. You're right. I just, it caught me off guard. And as somebody who does not like surprises, it was not my favorite surprise, but I don't know if I would have ever left my job if it hadn't been taken from me because so much of my identity was wrapped up in my corporate achievements and, and what that looked like on paper. And so it's so embarrassing to think about it right now, honestly, not embarrassing. That's just where I was. Well, I mean, but, that just shows the level of personal growth you've gone through that you no longer need an accolade or a title yeah. or somebody else's opinion oh. of, you know, Ashley, the editor extraordinaire. Yeah. It's like, I, I am Ashley and I am enough. Yeah. Exactly as I am. Absolutely. That's, that's 100% what it is. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So, so yeah. From there. So I said, peace out. You know what? I'm thankful for the opportunity and I appreciate the time you gave me to build my business and our business and so yeah we just we took our business to the next level um then the next goal was to get andy home and so um we ended up growing another business along the way there um like i said we had moved to peachtree city at that point and for any of y'all who know peachtree city it's basically golf cart capital and him being the engineer we bought our own personal golf cart and then he was tinkering tinkering around with it in the garage I don't, I can't even tell you what he did to it, but apparently it was impressive and somebody offered to buy it. One day we were out probably at Chick-fil-A or something. And he was like, I mean, what would you, what would you buy it for? And so he, he sold that cart. And of course those entrepreneurial wheels just started turning and he was like, I could do that again. And so he started buying and selling, um, used golf carts, you know, doing upgrades to them and customizing them and making a profit and just creating a little extra margin. And one thing led to another. And because of what we had learned, again, with the network marketing and all of our mentorship, of course, we had been in conversation all throughout this of what we were doing, um, how we were growing our family, how we were scaling our business and um, prioritizing our time. And we were like, you know what? It makes sense to hire somebody to help us start doing this. And so he was still working engineering nine to five, 40 hours a week. Um, and then any chance he got, we were going our network marketing business and he was selling golf carts uh, and they're, you know, flipping them. And so we ended flipping up golf carts. flipping golf Sorry, carts. Sorry, that yeah. just like <laughs> made me chuckle I, I a little. Think that's old. I think that's old school. I think you now say like, um, like slinging carts, right? Isn't that it? I, I don't, don't know. even I mean, know. Really I mean, I have teenagers. Might, yeah. We should probably know what the current lingo is, but I mean, flipping a golf cart, I'm like, you just would never think, but yeah. here we are. Yeah. That oh, is amazing. Yeah. So the extra income from your network marketing business is what made you able financially to mm -hmm. start pursuing other dreams. Absolutely. Yeah. It gave us that breathing room. It gave us that margin. Um, and, and besides just the financial piece of it, it was, I mean, the mentorship, the guidance, the education arm, it's just priceless. I mean, anything I'm saying today is literally probably just a byproduct of things I've heard other people say over the years. Um, I've just really set out to just be a sponge of success. And so I'm like, if somebody has done it, then I can do it too. And whatever they did, um, I'm not trying to recreate the wheel. I'm just trying to, you know, follow their footsteps. You know, if you're going to go through a minefield, it's best to follow somebody. Don't try to go on your own, you know? And so, um, yeah, just the guidance of, you know what, you can do this, believing in your dream, believing in your vision, um, creating a vision for you and knowing like you can do it, you know, um, it just raised our, our self, self image, our self belief that if, if there's an opportunity in front of us, by all means, it's yours. Like, go take it. 
And so people ask us all the time, how did you guys get into golf carts? And I'm like, you know what? We were in a town and we there's golf carts everywhere. If we had been in Hawaii, it would have been an umbrella stand. Like it's not the product. Yeah, you know? it, it's it a would mindset. have been something. Yeah, it you would have found something. a need and you would have solved it. Right. Because that's just what you do. That's what entrepreneurs do. That's what just you do. Find and you caught the bug. And you create the solution. Yeah. All right. Absolutely. So we've got engineering. We've got an Amway business that's thriving even through motherhood. Mm-hmm. And now you've got a new business. Where do you go from yeah. here? Yeah. Well, we, we grew that business for a while. Uh, we still are growing it. But that was so it's a time market. That was 2010 and 2010 2012 and that's when we incorporated that business bought a property hired staff you know created that system again from what we learned with our amway business if you're the guy or the girl doing everything then you're gonna get really tired really quick and it's not a it's it's a business but it's not a real business you're Mm -hmm. you're stuck in that self-employment um you know, small business. We wanted to get to the duplicated system where we we could go hang out with our family. We could go right. start another business if we wanted to, but to you can't just start a system if you haven't mastered some pieces of it yourself. And so, um, we've we've added positions and staff um, every year since at our golf cart shop, which is a retail service um, shop here in Peachtree City, and. Um, and yeah, and then so recently, um, we within the last you know year and a half, we started a golf cart manufacturing company. Um, again, it came out of a need. Um, one of the at some point, we decided you know what it would be really cool. This is you know years ago. We were like it would be really cool to like build the carts. Also, I don't think I actually said that. I'm sure that was my husband. <laughs> Sounds like something an engineer would say. I'm pretty sure that was his thought. But I was like, yeah, that would be really cool. I love building brands. I love all the marketing, the fun, creative side. And so I was like, that would be really, really cool to name a cart, to brand it, to, you know, like have that baby of a golf cart, you know, like mm-hmm. that would be amazing. And so that dream just kind of kept stirring in us, stirring in us, stirring in us. And then what happened in 2020? The whole world shut down and the golf cart industry changed forever. Um, and if you're not in the industry, you had no idea. But the whole the whole thing fell on its head. And so there's a quote by a world-renowned evangelist, Daniel Kalinda, that just really spoke to us. And he said, um, the opportunity of a lifetime must be seized within the lifetime of that opportunity. And so... You know, I'm a huge believer that you can do anything you want to do. You just can't do it every all at once, right? But at the same time, there's also a lifetime for every opportunity. And so for us, right after, you know, pandemic, our, our golf cart shop, our Amway business, everything kind of pivoted, everything kind of shifted a little bit. Everything went a little bit more online, a little bit more virtual, a little bit more creative, a little bit more relational. Everything kept growing. Um, for those of you all familiar with the Amway model, it's it's household, you know, normal things that are recession proof. And we figured out they're pandemic proof as well. So everything kept growing. Um, but that stirring in us to do like what's next, um, started kind of coming more to the surface. We also had a baby, um, in that season. And so everything just kind of felt like new. Okay. And this is 2020. So this is your fifth this is my fifth. Okay. Yeah. And it sounds like from an Instagram post I saw recently, he was not exactly part of the master plan no. of your master, plan, master but plan, clearly yeah. part of the plan of the master. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. Yes. Oh my goodness. All you moms out there, you know, you may not have had 
the slightest inkling that that baby was coming, but you just can't imagine your life without them now. And so that's how my little baby is, little Liam. Um, yeah, I turned 40 and then happy birthday to me. I am pregnant. Just when you thought you were out of all of the diaper and diaper bag stroller, all of the gear phase, you are not. So, and you got a new business mm-hmm. and now you are pregnant at 40 years old. Yep. Like, yep. Plot twist. Plot twist. So what happens now? Yeah. So we decided, you know what? Let's let's do it. Like I just said, I'm I'm living my own advice here, right? The timing is never going to be perfect. Like, hey, let's have a baby and start a new business post pandemic. That sounds like a really safe idea that sounds like you won't be tired at all sign me up yeah I'm coming for it yeah <laughs> said yeah. nobody said ever nobody ever <laughs> and so we said oh my gosh well we always pray and honestly one of our biggest prayers that we have prayed over a really large really every decision of our life but especially the big ones that you're just like I do not want to do this but I just feel when I know that I know that I know that I should. So we just always pray like, God, just make the answer that you want, whatever your answer is, make it as clear as the day you turn water into wine. And we were like, okay, it's a clear answer. We're supposed to move on this. And so, yeah, we did. We started, you know, so Andy was designing and engineering um, a new golf cart brand. Um, it's Voyager Electric Vehicles for anybody out there that's looking for a golf car. I got, you know, a little plug. Oh, for sure. But it's, um, that's our baby. And so for the last, we, we started selling them back in February of this past year. And um, it's been great. And it's, you know, like any business that we've ever started and like any business that's ever come and gone, there's been ups and flows. There's been challenges. There's been things that we've had to create the solution for, but we weren't frazzled we weren't caught off guard we were just like okay you just take one step and even if there's 10 steps 10 steps to take per minute it seems like sometimes you're just like it's going to be okay we've been here before business is business success is success Uh, of course we've had our mentors our guides the whole time which again is just priceless and it's just so funny to me how there's so many parallels with, you know, a network marketing business that on the surface can look like it, it's, you know, it's a side hustle. It's a side business. It's, it's just in case. Well, if you want to take it seriously and you want to grow it, you'll learn the things that it takes to grow multi-million dollar businesses, you know, and, and put you in a position where you can actually chase the things that maybe you really are passionate about. You know, like I'm not that excited about shampoo and toothpaste and vitamins. Right. But you better bet that I'm excited about my dreams and the things God's called me to. So if I can use those things as a vehicle to get me where I want to get to all day. I will do that all day. No, you know how many people I've heard, well, I'm not passionate about eyelashes or I'm not, well, you don't have to be. Are you passionate about creating a different life for yourself? Are you passionate about getting out of debt? Are you, do you have any interest whatsoever in elevating this bottom barrel existence that you're wallowing in and then getting your head out of the victim mentality Mm -hmm. and start looking up and saying, okay, rather than why can't I, like, why can't I, you know, change the inflection of your voice and then watch your entire path shift Mm -hmm. towards your greatest dream and maybe start to dream a little. So speaking of dreams, what is the Ilg family dreaming about today? Oh my gosh, yes. Um, all the things. Um, some things I'm not quite ready to reveal, but Kids Business Day is 
definitely taking, I mean, we've, for y'all that, that don't know, Kids Business Day came again out of a need. We didn't even touch on homeschool, but when we started homeschooling our kids, you know, as entrepreneurs, all I wanted to do was teach them the life of an entrepreneur, you know, and be solution minded and all of the pieces that go along with that. Not just for business, not just for finances, but for a, a mindset of success for life. And so one of the things that, again, I think it was just a God-inspired idea was to give our kids a tangible experience to make something, have pride in something, and sell it and, and learn all the lessons along the way. And so we did that six years ago with just some friends in our neighborhood, and it's just grown. The, the love from the community, the support, the desire to help it grow has just kept coming. And so... This past year, we basically outgrew our space. It was hosted at Big O's Golf Carts, our shop, and we just outgrew the space. And so, um, like I said, I'm not quite ready to reveal all the next things for that, but that is a huge piece of my heart to just help the next generation just have um, a lot of uh, resources to help grow grow the next the next uh, generation of entrepreneurs. And and then uh, for me personally, I'm writing books and I have a huge desire to just put words on paper and a really, really amazing author, um, evangelist, pastor, Lisa Bevere said, um, you know, when you put your words and your story on paper, you are, uh, you're a force to be reckoned with by the enemy. And he doesn't like that your words are, are bringing light to the darkness. And so and that they'll live on too. They'll live I mean, on when well you put them on you. paper yeah. and it's like a, a tangible copy that you can hold in your hand, yeah. it's not digital. It can't be, it can't be deleted. Yeah. yeah. That's powerful. Yeah. So I'm, I'm super passionate about that. Um, and then, yeah, I'm sure, you know, businesses will continue to grow and evolve and, and shift as they need to. But yes, we, I do want to say one thing about your point with, you know, being passionate about your product. Um, I called our golf carts our baby and we're so passionate about golf carts, but you know what we're not. At the end of the day, it's not it's not the golf cart. You know, it's it's the purpose behind it. And, yeah, and it's what, the problem you're solving for the community. It's the problem we're solving, but also what are you doing with your business? You know, it's creating income. Well, what can you do with income? When you make more than you need, what you have all the options you have in the world to go give it away or fund things that you believe in and inspire and, and put purpose behind the dollar. When you can see your business in that light and something that's bigger than you, I think that's really what, um, what can help drive you in those moments and those days where you're like, I just don't know how I'm going to keep doing this. You know, our mentors have always said, if you have forgotten your why, you are out of business. And we've always known our why. And yeah. I jotted that actually down a little bit ago. I said, redefining your why yes. and evolution. So mm -hmm. the the why, because you hear that, you know, in the entrepreneur space, like pick a why that makes you cry. And I'm like, it I've sounds, that. yeah, it sounds, that's why <laughs> yeah. I said it like a fool because I'm like, that sounds so damn dumb. But when I think about why I do business, I don't. I didn't pick a reason which has redefined over time. I started my business because I needed this kitchen remodeled. Mm -hmm. um, and we're actually in my, my newer space. And yeah. I needed this space. Thank you. I needed this space to be functional for a large family because we are incredibly pro-life and we are always open to God's design of his most creative aspect, mm -hmm. which is creating human life. Yeah. Okay. And is seven it for us? I don't know. I guess I'm not really in charge of that. Yeah. 
I leave that up to the big man upstairs. And if he blesses us again, I know that he will continue to take care of us. But originally, that was my why. I wanted to remodel the kitchen. And we had zero extra dollars to do it. And we had around $40,000 of consumer debt that we had to take care of. So it wasn't college debt, but there was debt there. And my husband decided... Now seems like a good time as soon as we moved into this place to go Dave Ramsey on me and say, oh, we're just going to live a debt-free life. I was like, ha, cute. Um, No, 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 no. I need a new kitchen because I have lots of little kids and I want to put them around a table and I want to bake cookies and I want us all to fit. And we're not fitting. Our refrigerator's sticking out into the walkway. We're tripping over each other. Like none of this is okay for us right now. And He was like, well, I don't know. I guess we'll have to find a solution. I was like, and when you say we, we, we really mean you. Because he already had a full-time job flying airplanes. And he was working two of them. He was working both for the airlines and the Air Force. So he was never here. Mm -hmm. So here I am with five little kids. Well, how the heck am I going to make a difference? What am I going to do? And that's when I said, I'm going to do something. I'm going to figure out a way. And that's where it came in. So as you're redefining your why and your purpose in business, like you're making money, right? Mm -hmm. I know that for a fact. You're making money. You're now you're able to look up from your own circumstances. You've paid off your debt. You guys have a great home, a great family. Your kid is actually friends with my kid. Okay, side note, um, we're in the same homeschool group, so I get to interact with her kids without her standing there. And her dude, who happens to be friends, one of her dudes who's friends (laughs) with my kiddo, he loves to draw on a digital device, all right? And I asked him one time, I said, what do you intend to do with all these? And he looked at me dead serious, and he said, I'm going to sell them and make money. And it was like, not even, it was like, that was a question. Of course, that's what I'm going to do with it. And I was like, dude, do it. And I was so, I got all tingly. I was like, look at him, man. It was not a question in his mind that he was going to grow his talent to serve the greater community. And he was going to use those gifts. Mm -hmm. So that's all thanks to you and Andy. You did exactly what you wanted to do. Um, And the pivot to homeschooling, were your kids ever in school? So Owen, my oldest, he's now 13. So for two years, he did um, Montessori. So it was considered like a junior elementary, kindergarten first-ish, second-ish. And then I was like, uh, I am in the car three hours a day getting them to different preschools and this. And why, why did I get free? I got free so I could do things that are most important. And for me, I was like, uh, I don't know that I can do this well. But I think God can. And again, we prayed about it and the answer was very clear. And so I actually say, you know, we fought for years to get out of our nine to five and then we found ourselves in an eight to three. And I just, I couldn't do it. I was like, I I don't like teachers telling me where I need to be and what they need to be doing. And I'm like, I don't think that's most important. And the things that I do feel like are most important, I don't have any time left in the day to teach them to them. And so... Sometimes we're just in the car together, just chasing stuff and just go into our shops and they're, you know, out doing photos and, you know, doing stuff with me for our businesses. And I just, you know, and there's academics as well too, but I think the biggest part of, of our why for homeschooling was out of a need, you know, we needed our time back. I'm like, we're only going to be having more kids. I, I can't keep giving my time to to driving them and teacher expectations as, mm-hmm. as maybe as rebellious as that sounds. I just was like, there's a better way to do this. 
and I have zero regrets. It's been amazing. And they all have so many ideas of businesses they want to own as they grow up and, you know, teaching them the work ethic by example and them just seeing what we do. Um, because a lot of times I'll be sitting next to them at the table as they're working on their math or their papers or whatever. And I've got my laptop out and I'm working on our marketing strategy, our owner's manual and, you know, just different projects that, um, you know, for our businesses. And I'm like, I'll be with you in a minute. I'm working on stuff too. You know? Oh my gosh. That sounds <laughs> like my life over it. here. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. They're working. Hey, I need help with question number five. I'm like, hold on. I'm putting together content. I'll be right with you. Yeah. And we do get with them, but maybe not immediately, but they are watching what yeah. we're doing and what we're creating. Yeah. And man, it is creating for them. I mean, amazing pegs to yes. hang ideas and confidence, yeah. strategy, um, the ability to find resources and to solve their own problems. And then once they've solved their own problems, they can look up and say, who else has a problem yeah. that I can solve? Yeah. And then they can monetize that. Yeah. yeah, That is incredible. One of our one of our biggest things that we say, and they kind of eye roll at me, but then they, they still finish the sentence. And I do believe that this will be something that they'll carry with them. And I'm kind of praying that they do. But they'll be like, you know, this is just hard. This is too hard. And I'm like, it is hard, but it's not too hard you are stronger you are better than that you know like don't let whatever xyz is that you're looking at on your paper whatever the assignment is it is hard like let's acknowledge it's hard mm -hmm. but did you see dad do anything hard yesterday do you see me doing anything hard on a daily basis like it's okay life is hard that's right that's right but it's not too hard and so yes, i'll say guys that, that is hard and i'll do you're right, but it's not too, too hard. hard. And then we just it. have like a little moment. I'm like, it's true though. And you know it. Yes. So, oh, that's awesome. Yeah. That's so awesome. Little wins. Yeah. So kids business day, um, we were not able to take part in that, but I recall. So is this a nonprofit? Is this just like your heart put out here for mentorship? Tell yeah. Right now it's not, about that. yeah, it's not an official nonprofit yet. Um, it's just something, an idea that I've just kind of run with, but I do have ideas for scaling it. And I, if it, if it's going to grow the way I want it to grow, I can't be just like any business. I can't be the, I can't be the one doing it all. And so I've, I've done some things this past year to help, um, kind of systemize a lot of the pieces to it that I don't have to physically all do. Um, but we had, I mean, we had over 60, almost 70 kid entrepreneurs at this past event and, I mean, I had dozens of people at the last minute just saying, oh my gosh, I wish I knew about this. We wanted to do it. And I'm like, I kind of couldn't spread the word anymore because of our space. And so we are working to overcome the space limitation for next year. And I'm super excited. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. In fact, I have hired one of your little entrepreneurs oh. to create gifts, um, to make yes. gifts for my entire downline oh team. Oh my gosh, they're so, going to love it. Oh gosh, they are so beautiful. And I'm going to show you guys when she gets done with them. But this girl is 10 maybe mm -hmm. and I don't even think she's 10 I don't even think she's maybe yeah, nine she's nine phenomenal yeah. talent I saw this I'm not gonna say what it is because I'm probably gonna do a giveaway for a couple of these sets yeah it was and I said where did you like what boutique did you get that from and they were like actually that little girl over there I was like shut the freaking front door I need some mm -hmm. and you guys this is what business is all about yeah. she did not market a doggone thing to me mm -hmm. I saw it and said I want it where do I get it yeah. so if you want a marketing strategy make yourself <laughs> find a nine-year-old exactly find a nine-year-old to create the product but I mean it was just so attractive that I I set out to find her right yeah you if you make yourself and your business and your offer mm -hmm. so attractive, 
people are going to run to find you. And I don't mean attractive as in, um, although Ashley is very attractive, um, I'm not talking about eyelashes and mascara. I'm talking about magnetic. Yeah. Like people flock to you. You are your product. Yeah. Your product is not your business. You are your business. So people like you and they like doing business with you and they feel like their life will will be better with you in it then you have, a, you have a successful business. Yeah. All right. So I would like you to give me two pieces, and I know you could give like 18. This has already been, I mean, massively encouraging for me as, you know, my little baby's starting to stir in the front pack here. Um, it's been so encouraging to me to have you here. Uh, I just, like, I want to go out and just run to the top of the road and be like, look what I can do, world! Yes. And I might. <laughs> but tell me, two pieces of advice, we'll stick to two, Um, Since we're coming up on time and I want to respect your time for being here, two pieces of advice for our listeners on mindset and business in general. And I know that they go hand in hand, but what are the two pieces of advice you would have for my crew here to shift their thinking or to pull them out of whatever valley they might be in? And then two strategic pieces of advice, like functional advice for business. Okay. Really good questions trying to figure out which direction to go. I would say the number one piece for mindset that has always helped me is just to realize what you've already done and help that inspire what you still need to do. And almost give yourself a pep talk. Um, I'm, I'm a person that loves to write and so I will keep a journal, I will keep a list. Um, doesn't have to be anything fancy, but I love to go back and say, um, this was something that seemed impossible for me at one point and God helped me with this this way and we overcame that. And I was really unsure of it, but now I'm stronger because of it. And so I would say the mindset is um, just don't put limitations on yourself. You know, um, don't let the person that's um, pulling you back be your own self. Um, and also, you know, it's it's a biblical principle, but sowing and reaping is really, really true for business. And if you are lacking in an area, go find some way to give it away. Because I think, I know that it will be returned to you. And so as an example, you know, if you're lacking encouragement, go encourage somebody. Um, if you're lacking time, go give your time away. It sounds almost paradoxical maybe or counterintuitive, but Whatever you give away, it will come back. It's a biblical principle. Whatever you sow, you will reap. When I have found myself maybe in a pity party, as soon as I take my eyes off of myself and I go give something away to somebody else, I always feel better about myself, um, but I always feel more encouraged. It's so weird, but it's so true every time. Um, and maybe, you know, let Tiffany know if that has worked for you too, but I, I've just learned that if you give something away, it'll come back to you. and. If you're lacking in something, um, you have more to give. And somebody else is probably needing it even more than you. So if you go give it away, it will be returned to you tenfold, thirtyfold, hundredfold. That's so true. And I have found that because I have a a little um, thing about me that I like to give money away. Mm -hmm. And I know the listeners are like, "Um, hey, over here. Um, By the way, I'm offering an opportunity where you can do the same thing. Mm -hmm. However, I love to give money to people and not just the guy on the side of the road, 
trust me, I don't even judge what he will, he or she will or will not do with that money. I just pray about whatever I've got in my wallet, but I give a lot of money away and it is always returned to me in such a greater way, like actual finances, dollar bills, money in the bank. And it can be the wildest thing. A check shows up in the mail and Adam's like, weird. I had no idea we were getting this rebate. And I'm like, do you see that that was almost double what I just gave yeah. to, you know, whatever organization I've got? I've talked a lot about the organizations that I give to in Africa that uh, feed children and work on um, mostly infants whose mommies can't breastfeed. Um, but nonetheless, yeah. I identify with that so mm-hmm. much. Yeah. So that is that's amazing. Oh. And speaking of biblical principles, um, how about the story of the woman who literally had one coin yeah. to give was thought to be greater in value than the millionaire who gave a lot because yeah. he still had a lot to give. Yeah. Yeah. And she gave all that she had. And that was placed at higher value than the actual monetary value of the wealthy man who gave more. Yeah. All right. What else you got for us? In terms of the your question about just maybe a business big business takeaway. I feel like I've kind of talked about a lot of it already, but you know, especially as an early entrepreneur, don't be afraid to reinvest your money. Don't be afraid to um, wait to spend. Um, I know it's really exciting to make a profit and and start turning that income, Um, but spending money too soon on something that's not really an asset or not reinvesting it into your business is definitely not going to help you long-term. And I am all about a reward. I love a good, good short-term reward. You know, hit a goal, reward yourself. Yes, all day, 100% on board with that. But um, be patient with the long-term financial success of your business because um, it will continue to pay you back. And if you can take your your profits and reinvest it back into your business as long as possible Um, it's only going to serve you well for the long term and in terms of the long term if you can always think long term about your business you know if it doesn't matter five five years from now it doesn't matter today but if it does matter five years from now by all means please take it seriously and um, be patient with that you know i think a lot of us uh, myself included, for sure. Um, I think women tend to be a little bit more short, short-term thinking than than men in general. I know it's true for us and, and a lot of the women that I mentor, but be willing to wait, be willing to pause, be willing to put off short-term so that you can have what you really want long-term. You know, the whole saying, um, why, why have the good when you can have the great? And, but that takes a little bit of vision. That takes a little bit of long-term thinking. And so be willing to do that as you are, as you are building a profit and you are growing your business. Um, be excited for what that long-term is going to look like because I think you'll be really excited about it. Oh, that's so awesome. All right, tell me, where can we find you and Voyager Golf Carts? Yeah, so uh, the, probably the best place to find me is just on Instagram. So I'm at Ashley Ilg. Uh, my first name is A-S-H-L-E-E, and then I-L-G. So um, from there, you can kind of find all my tags for our businesses, Kids Business Day, uh, Voyager Electric Vehicles, Big O's Golf Carts. I am working on a little bit more of a centrally located um, place with more content, but right now that's the best place. Oh, that's amazing. Well, thank you again so much for being here. Yes, and, this um, is so fun. Thank you so much. Blessing me with your presence and your wisdom. My gosh, I feel like I'm very much at the beginning of my journey. And yes, five years is the beginning. Um, 
it is I am nowhere near where I'm going to go and I would love to have you continue to come along the journey with me and definitely follow Ashley's I love her account because it's just so encouraging she posts pictures of her family and what they're doing and Bible verses and I just love it love it love it all so much so thank you and if it makes you feel any better I feel like we're just getting started so 20 (laughs) years in I mean there's a lot to still do right no you never get there I don't even know where there is I need more time I need more time I need to do it all there is no there is no there there's only here there's only now so carpe diem the mess out of your life y'all get after it thanks Ash thank you